one thing to look for with narcissists is just the concept of happiness. <clears throat> you know, they they can't stand it when other people are happy. And one of the things that they try to do is drain other people of their happiness or steal their happiness, almost as if it's like a, a product or an item or a possession. So they will seek out people that are happy. And then over time, they will suck the life force out of that person as if they're taking away like a pair of sh pairs of shoes or taking away handbags. It's like a possession to them. And narcissists can't stand it when other people are happy. So they're, they they want to take it. They they want to take the good parts of people. Because they're they're pathologically jealous and envious. And one sign <clears throat> to see if someone has been abused by a narcissist is just feeling a lack of your own happiness. You know, if you don't feel happy around this person, just kind of evaluate. Were you happy at one point? Where did the happiness go? It might sound strange, but you know, why would anyone shy away from smiling, laughing, getting excited, or feeling just vitalized? You know, it, it takes a little bit of explaining, um, but it, we're going to get to the root of a narcissist's danger to others. And so the topic of happiness and healthy relationships, you know, a narcissist is not a normal person. They're a disturbed person. And a happy person, a genuinely happy person, is a healthy person. You know, if you think of babies or children and how they giggle and laugh and they're always, they have like this bright light, you know, and this, this happy energy. We all started out that way. <clears throat> we all started out as these happy little bundles of joy. But over time, society and, you know, education and just family members, you know, it, it, they whittle away at our spirit, that happy baby spirit. Now you watch children, especially with the mother, and children just giggle and they laugh and they're just entertained by just just the most silliest things. And there's something really beautiful about that. We, we were all in that place at one point. But it's, it's, you know, the love, the genuine love and happiness between a mother and a child is, it's a beautiful display of what is called a <clears throat> non-possessive love from a mother to her child. It's non-possessive. The mother doesn't possess the child. It's an expression of genuine love. And the mother loves the child and the child loves the mother. There's an exchange of love. 
and there's an exchange of genuine happiness. And in that process of this exchange of love, it makes both of them even more happy. It makes us feel warm, like in our heart. Toddlers don't think the same way that we do, but they have this new spirit, this new soul that's fresh and untainted and clean. And then you have a narcissist where narcissists, they seek to destroy your happiness. And we talked about this non-possessive love. That is the complete opposite with a narcissist. A narcissist has a possessive love. And the, the, the narcissist insists that everyone else's happiness goes through he or she or her or him. And this is where the the normal people and the narcissistic people you know are dramat- dramatically different. Most of us seek a mutual connection with people that are close to us. You know that that genuine exchange of mutual love and the mutual happiness in a non-possessive form. The narcissist motivation is to dominate. Is to dominate people that are closest to him or her. This is the kind of domination that is insidious. Once the victim makes the shift, they're trapped. They're trapped by the narcissist. The narcissist wants their victim to care more about what they think, the narcissist thinks about them, than what they think about themselves. And that's what happens. And it's... It's that's where like the victim starts really focusing on providing love and support and energy for the narcissist and they start losing themselves. They even start losing their own love for themselves. And their their energy and just their life force starts feeling drained. And so it's an unequal exchange of energy. Like we talked about the non-possessive love between the mother and the child. This is the opposite. This is a possessive love where the narcissist wants the limelight. They want all the energy. They want all the love. And they take all the love. And if you're the victim, you'll give them all this love. Because you may not know what's really happening. You'll give them all the love. And you don't get anything in return. Because for the narcissist, love equals power and control over you. 
So you'll give, 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 they take, 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 and you're sitting here going, I feel depleted, I feel unwell, I feel unhappy. And the narcissist feels pretty good. They feel empowered. They feel like they're, they have all this energy because they've taken yours. And unfortunately, there's a lot of narcissistic mothers that produce this scenario, this possessive love. And then the children become mentally unhealthy. They become mentally ill. They become depressed. They have anxiety. And then in worst case scenarios, they have other issues going on. But the narcissistic mother is like Jezebel in the, in the Bible. Jezebel is like this evil demon woman that is, it's all about, you know, just this possessive love and draining and taking and taking and taking. That's the narcissistic mother. And the Bible talks about it, the Jezebel spirit. And when you're the child and you're just a little, you know, you're the the little toddler and you have this narcissistic mother, you don't have this happy exchange of of non-possessive love and this giggling child. The child grows up kind of confused and withdrawn and the child feels rejected. And the child doesn't understand that there's consequences where you have to give and give and give in order to receive the mother's love and the mother does this it's her fault you know people say well don't blame the mother you know what that's bullshit I'm gonna blame the mother because the mother never did the psychological work on herself so she's creating and she's pumping out these dysfunctional children so then what happens is the narcissist rarely goes to therapy let's just say that It's not the narcissist that ends up in therapy. It's the narcissist's children. It's the offspring that usually end up in therapy and they come in and they're confused and they feel hurt and they're experiencing depression and anxiety and they don't understand what has happened to them until they start talking and they start putting the pieces together and all roads lead back to their mother. And they start seeing these patterns. They start seeing these replicated patterns of the, the people that they dated, the, the spouses that they married, you know, the friends that they had. They're all a, a duplication of the, the negative, poor relationship you know, with their narcissistic mother. What we don't resolve in childhood gets played out in our relationships when we're adults. <clears throat> and it is the mother's fault. The mother is the one raising the child. The child came out of the same the body of that mother. You know, for nine months, the child is growing inside the mother's body. You know, our being came out of that woman's body. So 
we are a product of our mother. So if you have a good mother and she's loving and sweet and she has this non-possessive love and this genuine love that's reciprocated, consider yourself very lucky. Very, very lucky. Because that's a healthy mother. When you have a narcissistic mother, one of the things that you need to learn is boundaries. Boundaries and stopping that woman, the narcissistic mother, from intruding in your life and trying to control you and trying to intrude and just, it's very toxic. So you have to learn how to protect yourself. You need to have, learn how to take control over your own life and generate your own energy. Because in a, as an adult, you're not going to get that positive energy from your mother because she's toxic. Surround yourself with things that make you happy. Whether it's friends or a podcast or reading books, anything that makes you happy. And stop giving your energy away to these vampires. Keep your positive energy. You know, it's energy is, is a lot like currency. Are you going to give a million dollars away to a stranger? Are you going to give $5,000 to some person that's in line at the, at the grocery store? It's the same with energy. Don't give your energy and your time away just to anyone because they will suck you dry. It's like money. You know, we're so mu- way more careful with our money. I'm not giving $500 to a stranger, but you'll give your energy to a stranger a stranger might hurt you severely. You know, people get into these relationships or they get on these dating apps, they get into relationships. And, you know, some people are just so desperate to be with a person that they overlook some of these really bad toxic qualities. Narcissistic people are just dangerous. And, you know, if you get involved with a narcissist, there's a lot of healing you have to do once you get out. You have to do a lot of repair on yourself because they are a very destructive person. So, you know, you can save yourself a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of healing if you learn up front what to look for and just avoid those people just because a person comes into your life doesn't mean you have to be friends with them just because a person wants to go out with you doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do You know, narcissists can never, ever admit that they're wrong. They don't have empathy, and those are two red flags. You know, they're very emotionally immature people. They're stunted. So that's something to look for. If someone can't apologize to you and they've hurt you, that's something to look for. 
because these people become abusive. And because they use such primitive defenses like denial, like I never did it. I never said that. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, these primitive defenses is how they get away with things. And they gaslight you. And it's really hurtful. So why do narcissists seek to dominate? So we, we need others, other people's recognition to become ourselves. So there's a riddle if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there, nobody's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Some people say yes, some people say no. If a person comes to feel that I am the doer who does, I am the author of my acts by being with another person who recognizes her acts, her feelings, her intentions, her existence, her independence, the subject declares, I am, I do. And then the other person waits for the response. You are, you have done. You know, we, we look for validation from other people. And so with narcissists, we don't get validation because they're so caught up in, in just themselves. They're so in love with themselves, they don't give validation to other people because they don't care. You think of like children and how children, when they're really little, you know, like there's one child that will share, no matter what it is, they'll share. But then there's the other child that no matter what will not share and they will kick and scream and just take whatever it is and the child just doesn't care. They just won't share. The the child that's kicking and screaming and crying and won't share, that's the narcissist. That's the narcissist, but they're in a full-grown body. But that's what they look like. And they want that ball or person or whatever, they want that all to themselves. And they don't share. Because there's still that stunted, insecure little child who's vulnerable. But the narcissist, they reject this vulnerability because they, they don't understand it. You know, it's this, you know, a healthy person is all about being equal. Like, you know, you're equal to me. We're equals. Well, when you're with a narcissist, it's all about domination. They're dominant. You're submissive. It's a very unequal relationship. They're above you. You're below them. 
and that they make you feel that. There's this exchange of, it's a feeling of superiority. And there's a feeling of power. And that's because of their grandiose inflated version of themselves. But if a person does have narcissistic personality disorder, that's a diagnosis. That's a DSM-5 clinical psychological diagnosis. That's a pathology. They're, They're not a normal person. You know, and his they, these narcissists have a constant need for supply, this narcissistic supply, and feeling dominant. Or the person will psychologically they'll implode. So if you have ten people that are close to a narcissist, and the narcissist for many years has made these ten people feel submissive, and the narcissist is dominant, and all of a sudden all these 10 people ignore the narcissist and they take away their narcissistic supply eventually the narcissist will just implode because they they live they feed off of that energy that narcissistic supply they're dependent on the other person They need the other's submission to keep feeling powerful over and over. The narcissist can't exist by themselves. The the narcissist needs a victim to feel like he exists. It's it's a lot like a vampire. The, The vampire needs... A source for blood supply otherwise the vampire will die and that's why they call narcissists vampires and they, they suck the blood out of people well narcissists suck the energy out of people and here's the thing going back to like talking about happiness your happiness threatens the narcissist domination Happiness is like an Achilles tendon to a narcissist. They don't understand it. It's very confusing for them. Like, how could this... It's almost like the Grinch. You know, and the Grinch steals everything. And then on Christmas Day, all the little Who's and Whoville come out singing and dancing. And and even though all their stuff was stolen, the Grinch was confused. Like, why are these people... still so happy well the Grinch is a good example of an evil narcissist expressing genuine happiness is one of the surest signs of life when you hear someone laughing and giggling and just expressing themselves that's life 
when there's no energy and there's no laughter and the person isn't really doing it much of anything that's not life Feeling vitalized while in a relationship with a narcissist, it punctures his dominance. So think about like that. If you are with a narcissist, you're married to a narcissist, and you're happy... That's just pure gold. Because I think that when you have a genuine heart and you have faith and you're a happy person, you can overcome anything. And that's what faith to me, that's what faith is all about. You know, narcissists are kind of evil people. So it's really almost like a battle between good and evil when I think of happy people and narcissists narcissists are like the Jezebels it's like the you're dealing with like the dark side and so when you're happy and you have self esteem and you're really feeling good about yourself and you can do this you can raise your own self esteem the narcissist gets confused because they're used to sucking off your energy and draining you and they're used to feeling powerful and dominant over you so when you feel happy this is really confusing for them so it's like how can a king or queen show respect to a a pauper The narcissist can't tolerate it. It's like I have a friend who is such a narcissist. And she loves trying to be dominant over me. And I'll just... She'll like pick at things or she'll criticize. And I'll just be like, okay. Alright. Okay. Whatever. And then I'll be like, I have to go. I'm in such a good mood. I have to go because I have things that I have to do. And, you know, I, it's sunny outside and it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go for a, a beautiful walk. And I can feel her seething on the other end of the phone. Deceiving. And, like, I can see her try to shift the tone. And she'll say something positive when the last 20 minutes was all toxic vomit. And it's fascinating because if you really pay attention, happiness is almost like a cure for ourself against narcissism. Because, let me emphasize this, narcissists must protect their domination by searching for and destroying your sources of happiness. 
That's what they do. So they, when you allow a narcissist into your life, they're almost like a a missile. They're like a heat-seeking missile. They seek to destroy the happy parts of you. So if you can find ways to increase and to elevate your happiness, and if you have faith, faith can also help you do that. That's how you win. Because it's very confusing for them. Because, you know, light, light, when you shed a light on darkness, light is so much more powerful. You can't shed darkness on light. Think about it. If you have a dark room and then you have a light room, light is so much stronger. Narcissists are dark people with dark souls. And they have rock hard hearts. And they seek to destroy. They're on the death drive. And they have dark, dark hearts. They're dangerous. So by staying happy and healthy and, you know, strong, you know, cycled mind, keeping your mind happy and he- and don't let these people penetrate you, your mind. That's how they break you down. A person doesn't break you down by punching you or cutting you with a knife. You can survive that. A few stitches... It's a bruise, you know, you break an arm, you break a leg, but a person, a narcissist will break you down. It's death by a a thousand cuts. That's the saying, but a person will break you down psychologically to the point of death through psychological abuse by telling you how awful you are, how fat you are, how ugly you are, how stupid you are. You don't do anything right. You're late. You're awful. That's wrong. You look terrible. What an ugly outfit. All those like insults and put downs hurts us psychologically. And that's what narcissists do. They cut us down. They cut, 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 cut. They're pathological negative people and they cut others down because they are fucking miserable themselves. So by finding your own happiness and building yourself up and reintroducing and showing them happiness really throws them off. It's almost like an antidote. It's the moment in the Grinch when he steals everything and he's at the top of the mountain and he he holds his hand up to his ear, you know, hoping to hear these miserable Whoville creatures crying that's what he was hoping for but instead they were singing and they were singing because they were happy 
And again, narcissists must protect their domination by searching for and destroying your sources of happiness. So it's best to stay away from these people and continue to build your own happiness and maintain your own happiness. That's how you stay strong. Boundaries. Keep boundaries. You know, the narcissist have very specific people that they target. You know, they target people that will be their victims. And they choose people who will, well, they choose people who will be vulnerable to them. And that sadly means that children are the most common victims. You think of pedophiles. Pedophiles are narcissists. Pedophiles go after children. Pedophiles are predators. But they're dark and they're evil. And those children are severely psychologically and physically injured. But children are happy. Goes back to that happy. They're They want to steal happiness. And then children are confused. You know, the victims, I mean, young children can't protect themselves. It has to be the parents that protect the children. But when you get older, the the, the victim of such abuse must develop a set of rules to keep these people out. Keep them out of their lives. It means policing oneself to not betray any signs of excitement or enthusiasm unless it reflects directly upon the narcissist. I mean, they're just insidious people. And they they come across as very charming and smart and loving. They love bomb you to death. They they you know, they're some some narcissists are very attractive. But that's all a game. That's all a front. they dominate you the goal is to recover your happiness without fear of them that's the goal it's all about maintaining your happiness and controlling your happiness because they want it The goal is to survive the narcissistic abuse.
And narcissists don't have empathy, but the survivors do. The people that have gone through narcissistic abuse, they're the ones that have the empathy. You know, it takes time to recover and to heal from narcissistic abuse. And it's everyone's right to happiness because I really believe that we're all born as happy babies. I think that we are all happy spirits that come to earth as pure, you know, just bright lights. And I think that when we encounter, all of us, when we encounter a narcissist, the narcissist steals our happiness and they injure us. And then our light flickers or dims. And then our energy becomes depleted. Or in some cases our energy just or our light goes out altogether. But happiness and having a high vibration, higher vibration is how we maintain our health. You're not going to be able to stay healthy if you stay with a narcissist. I mean, that's the key. If you have to stay with a narcissist, it's figuring out how to maintain boundaries and how to survive.